Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. the center of the galaxy this is the four center podcast feed and this particular episode of the four center podcast feed is the bad batch report oh you want to hear some music right here <laughs> uh, if you are listening to the bad batch report uh, for the first time i normally say the bad batch report and then can make some cool music noises with his mouth but this week we got something special we got uh was that crosshair being a dj it was a, I, I call him Crosshair Eastwood. Is when Star Wars. <laughs> I would really love to see lots of audio adventures of Crosshair, that long drawl that, you know, he mostly right now is saying scary, mean things. So it makes lots of sense. But I would be happy to just hear him say like, 
the reservations have been made for your Mother's Day brunch. Oh, that'd be a great, great Siri voice or Google Maps voice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Driving in the car and he, having him tell you to to turn right on Coenga. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. On the left, yeah. <laughs> absolutely great stuff. Well, I am Joseph Scrimshaw. That is Ken Napsock doing the great uh, crosshair impression. And we are here to discuss episode 12 of The Bad Batch. It is entitled Rescue on Ryloth, written by Jennifer Corbett, directed by Nathaniel Villanueva. Once again, a remarkably consistent episode length, around 24, 25 minutes of, uh, of content. And now only four episodes left. Are you feeling that, Ken? Are you wondering what the end game is? Are you asking yourself every day, where is Hondo? Is Hondo going to show up? Where are you at? <laughs> Where's Radis? Yes, uh, I am. That's that's one of the notes I have. I, I am ready for the final act of this show, this first season. We are uh, we're getting there. And this episode was a little bit about that. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the mood and the tone of the episode, but it, it to me kind of is. Uh, it put the golf ball on the tee, and the driver is out. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I love the sudden golf metaphor. But yes, I feel like some balls are about to get whacked. That's about the best <laughs> I can do on my uh, on my golf references. But let's get into it. What was your overall reaction to these uh, balls being set on tees? Did you like this episode? Struggle with it? Love it? I, I, I'm going to say I really enjoyed this episode, though it kind of went as expected. Uh, but again, I, I think especially four center listeners have been around a bit know that you and I aren't necessarily here for a collection of, of twists and what a twist. Uh, I'm here to keep the story moving forward. And I think this did it. Uh, it's very clearly, you know, we talked last week about, hey, I think we're actually in an arc. We're going to have our first real arc in the Bad Batch that's uh, contained in the bigger story and part of the bigger story, but definitely its own thing. And, and we definitely got that. Uh, so therefore, the episode ended. I went, well, that was great. And, and that's sometimes okay for me to just stop there and go, ah, that was great. Yeah, no, I think that this episode uh, maybe felt different because last episode was such a surprise. Not only like we've had lots of uh, characters that we know uh, return, but we've never seen Hera at that age uh, to have the episode be so focused on Hera and the adventures of Ryloth with only a little bit of actual Bad Batch. This episode, I think, was kind of coming down from the surprise of that. And like you said, yeah, I think it was working out the way that a lot of people felt like it naturally would of Hera mm -hmm. calling for the help uh, from the Bad Batch and then the Bad Batch coming in and having a little bit of a conflict with a crosshair. Uh, so I think like the value of this one wasn't like, wow, they did that. To me, this one was really about what was going on with the characters and the uh the ideas and like what's at stake and mm. i think for me i i almost enjoyed it even more on the second viewing mm. enjoyed it on the first viewing uh but the first viewing was really like oh, what's gonna happen uh and the joys of this episode for me were really the the why of what is happening not the actual events not the actual actions but why are the characters taking action what are they fighting for um yeah. you know it, it continued to put great pressure on the Bad Batch and Hunter in specific to get involved in the bigger fight, to not ignore uh, what's going on with the Empire. In that, based on their choices for that battle, Hunter is really going to choose who he wants to be. And the rest of the Bad Batch, you know, it seems like it is going to follow Hunter's lead uh, when he really chooses who he wants to be. And I felt like that was so at stake in this episode as well as continuing to tell this big story of the Empire's takeover. And, and I just, I love that that's not a story that's running in the background. I love that Hunter's like that kind of guy who like, 
I don't want to get too much politics in my Star Wars. And like, <laughs> it feels like then like uh, every place I go to echoes like, well, everything we do is political, Hunter. So come on, you know, like that direct great conversation of like, yeah. this is a military op- occupation, just like on Rax's, but this is not a separatist planet. Oh, okay. This is unignorable. This is going to be happening everywhere we go. Yeah, I felt there were some very big choices actually made, though they're not Hunter yelling, "We are now part of the rebellion," or we're, you know, you know what I mean. It wasn't that de- declarative, uh, I guess. But but little things when you look back, when we put this episode down on the season one timeline, you're gonna go, "Yeah, they they didn't accept money for this. They took this job. They they re- had some big realizations." I think this is uh, the first step towards some real, uh, you know, uh, final uh, big choices they're going to make. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I thought, you know, we'll, we will dive into the specific uh, themes and ideas, but I think it took a lot of the uh, elements of identity that Hunter and the rest of the group have been wrestling with and really put them on the table. It was about family and, you know, what they owe to one another, what they owe to o- Omega, which has been like the only you know, real identity that Hunter has been happy to proudly claim is like, I am in this to keep my squad safe and to keep her safe. Uh, And then it also really put on the table the idea of what is a good soldier. And, you know, that's been thrown around so much this whole season of like, well, what you're, if you're not a soldier anymore, Mm -hmm. bad batch, what's your noun? What are you? (laughs) Are you rebels? Are you arms dealers? Are you mercenaries? Um, and this one really put that idea of maybe you can still be soldiers, depending on how you define that back on the table. So it felt like it, it, this episode really uh, took a lot of the big picture ideas and made them the motivating factor for actions that, you know, the actions weren't shocking, but the reasons for them were. I, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like I said, we we all love a good twist. We all love a good, huh? But I think it's important to, to, to build um, and, and move the story forward. And, and, and I think this one did. Yeah. Uh, the last overall thing for me is I think this episode was a triumph in staring. There were so yes. many great moments where <laughs> uh, seasoned soldiers with strong opinions stared at one another even when they actually couldn't see each other just stare at where they knew the other probably was so much great staring some smoldering some contemplating some gears turning uh, <laughs> a lot of that there and and i appreciate that the crosshair versus the bad batch dance has been great i think this episode uh, exactly what you described that's what it was not even in the same spot not in the same rumor shift but they're staring each other down but i am uh, ready to uh, get it on crosshair is going to go chase them and let's let's do this dance yeah absolutely i feel like yes uh, they've they have danced they have stared let's do this and in the final four episodes i i think uh, we'll be doing this so let's get into the big ideas the big themes what ideas were at stake for you in the episode where did you go I went through, uh, I, I, tr- I, this week I tried to title them like they're self-help books or something, uh, <laughs> uh, which are valuable things, by the way, folks, not, not disparaging those. Uh, the commitment of choice, the power of belief, what is your oath, and a child shall lead them. Those were, those are the four things that <laughs> hit me. Can I buy all those books in a bundle? Yes, you can. A happy bundle. Come in your way, sir. Sign poster as well. Oh, oh, good, good, good. And a child should lead them. That's the one I'm looking. That's the self help I want. Um, I don't want to make any decisions. Uh, let a smart kid do it for me. Yes, that's the self help I want. But yeah, definitely, 
Definitely, there's some uh, great generational stuff here. Well, yeah. why don't you uh, elaborate a little bit more on on what those things mean to you? Yeah, for the, the commitment of choice one, there was, man, the Bad Batch, particularly Hunter, but a lot of them here, even Tech has those moments of, you know, especially when he's doubting Omega here in Hera's Met. Oh, well, come on, kids lie. <laughs> kids exaggerate. She's probably just having a fun game. Uh, a lot of that of the Bad Batch just doing a lot of dancing to avoid choosing. Uh, again, Hunter. And then he's the leader. He isn't just the lead singer of this band. He's the leader. They they defer to him. And he's uh, he's the soul of the group in a way. And 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 the, the dance has been going all season long. He, even though he's learning things along the way, I just think this episode really jumped out to me. And then you combine that with Hauser thinking, a lot of c- contemplating, gears turning, like I said, weighing options. And then going back to Hunter – there's he's he's always pretty realistic in his excuses i've mentioned that before of like look i you know omega might have been right to join you know she belongs on the squad but it it is a 12 12 year old in a fight like i could see why uh why you wouldn't do that but but why put this in the in the category of commitment of choice hunter can you can hide behind those realistic excuses and it helps you run away from it then omega breaks through that every time and that's a little bit of the child she'll lead them and and the choice even if you know it, you have to really commit to it and it's going to cost you and it's, and it's going to take a lot and you really have to commit to that choice. And I think that's been uh, the bad batch so far, Hunter, but this episode, uh, they, they know they have to commit. I love that you're really focusing on this commitment because yeah, Hunter has really been struggling and it makes so much sense that uh, they worked for the Republic in a war that they thought they understood and they followed orders. But then they also got to pat themselves on the back for being this rogue group who did what they wanted the way they wanted to do it. And then kind of both those things have been taken from Hunter of like, yeah, you don't have a larger mission to serve, at least not one that you're embracing with rebellion. And now you're just this guy who kind of plays it safe <laughs> and yeah. keeps his head down and needs to, to decide for himself. And you're not going to have decisions made for you. Yeah, it was, it was almost so convenient, right? They, they run away and we're on our own out on the streets for a living. Uh, Black Diamond, great song. Uh, and and that wasn't, you know, that's not been the journey for them. And, and, and I love that Hunter, again, when I say like they know, Hauser too. I think how Hauser knows early on. He might have known last week, but he knows early on. But even if you know that's the direction I need to go, it it's a hard thing to do, and it's and it's something you have to really commit to. And I I was happy to see jumping to the end of the episode when Hunter doesn't take the money. That is a big step for me. That's a big commitment thing right there. It's a huge huge moment. Yeah, and I think it's part of what makes um, episodes like this powerful. Ultimately, is because we can get used to I think in pop culture stories where the heroes are the heroes. So they just make the heroic choice and you can forget to put yourself in the place of the hero. And remember how hard it is to embrace conflict, even when you have no doubt that mm-hmm. what I'm doing is right, but it means conflict. Mm-hmm. So, and it means danger and it means danger for people I care about. And it maybe means facing my own fear. And it's really hard sometimes to, to jump in and do that thing that you kind of know in your gut is right. And I feel like that's what Hunter's really going through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
yeah, sorry, buddy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to jump to Game of Thrones real quick again. Uh, I, I owe you one. Um, <laughs> everyone loves the Jon Snow standing for the the charging army, uh, Ramsey's army, and he pulls the sword out, and it's this great shot. It's it's one of the best shots in, in Game of Thrones, and perhaps maybe anything in 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 this kind of world. Amazing gift. It's, sums up social media, <laughs> right? But it's not a hero moment, right? That's the sum of his mistakes. That's the sum of his sins and his passions, uh, both good and bad, and his love and his loyalty to his family. But it, it's not a hero moment. It's a failure. I've always seen it as a failure. The big choices, the commitments uh, have already come in John's life in some other areas. And then later on, has to he really has to commit to what he knows is right at the cost of so much. And that's more the hero moments for me where he says, no, we must uh, let the wildlings in. We must defend uh, against the Night King. We must put aside everything for that, including my own uh, kingship uh, of the North. That, that's what I'm, I want Hunter to get to. And I think before... It's real easy to pull that sword and be like, well, uh, I'm going to die on my shield because that's what heroes do. Here we go. That's so easy. That's so easy. Uh, The other stuff is harder. And at the end of this episode, uh, Hunter moves towards the harder decisions. Yeah, no, I am right there with you. Uh, I I think for me, the the theme that I was pulling out that's on the same line as as your commitment one is just this idea of what does it mean to be a good soldier since that has so been brought up uh, early in the season of what does it mean to be a soldier and uh, I love that Omega wants to be you know a part of the squad she is part of the squad she takes some Mm -hmm. big steps towards being embraced and towards leadership in this particular episode but I love that she convinces Hunter to even poke around <laughs> and figure out if maybe they should look into helping Hera when he's got that really realistic real world. Like it's a big galaxy. We can't, you know, put ourselves on the line every time someone's in trouble. Mm-hmm. And Omega says, why not? Isn't that what soldiers do? Offering this, yeah. you know, very different, very heroic definition of soldiers, almost like even like replaceable with Jedi in Star Wars lexicon, right? Uh, Is that the point of being somebody who has power and skills is to use them to help people? Why else would we have power and skills, you know? So great. So that it's it's framed as take responsibility for this identity that you claim of being uh, a soldier. And I think really by the end of the adventure, you know, Hunter refusing payment is that big step toward becoming a, a freedom fighter. Yes, I, you know, you're, you're, I'm right there with you on this one here. I, I put down the note of what is your oath. We, we have hanging over this, this season from the early episodes as good soldiers follow orders. But when those orders go against the oath you took, whether it's a figurative oath or a paper, paper you signed, whatever. And I think that's what Omega really hits on for me. I, I think you're touching on that of uh, orders, pff, orders, schmorders. What, what's your oath? What's your purpose? Why is, why you, you. Why are you a soldier? Why are you in this position? And what are you going to do with it? That's that's why you're here. Uh, not this, uh, you know, eh, turn your back kind of thing. That's not. And, and, and Hauser has to face that down, too. He, I think he even says that. Right. He says that kind of stuff of, of uh, you know, uh, this isn't what we're supposed to do. We're, we're doing everything that we fought against. Yeah, the Hauser stuff was great. It was so well done in the preceding episode that it was mostly just like, you know, uh, looks, right? And mm-hmm. and like, hey, but 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 what about Hera? She's a kid. I'm trying to keep Hera out of trouble, all that. And just comes to such great fruition in this episode where uh, the Sindulas say, well, it looks like you've chosen your side, you know? And he, yeah. and he by the end, he's like, no, I, I, I have chosen my side. It is to stick with... Uh, the beliefs that I had when I came to Ryloth, you know, and built this bond with you. And I love that it's not just he wants to help the Sindulas because he has a bond with them. 
uh, I love that it comes to he won't attack the Ryloth people that he swore to defend. And in classic Clone Wars, in classic uh, clone philosophy and Bad Batch philosophy, he won't abandon his squad. He's not even like, yeah, no, the Empire sucks. I'm going to become a freedom fighter. He won't abandon his squad. Goes out there and makes that great speech. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is why, to me, like a big part of the theme of the show is definitely about what it is to be a good soldier. Mm -hmm. You know, he says that we're now being ordered to target the very people we swore to protect. Mm. It's so it's such a great moment, such a big moment uh, for for the clones. And then uh, I feel like it's a great contrast to what you were talking about of the good soldiers follow orders. So at this point, you're really asking, like, well, what is what is Crosshair motivated by? Mm-hmm. And it's not just following orders now. This feels personal, right? It seems almost like it, it is about family to some extent, but it's also almost like his pride in his skills Mm-hmm. is hurt and, and that made me think like you know is this another viewpoint on the idea of what a soldier is that a soldier is their skills mm. and crosshair is kind of pissed because mm. his skills are being questioned you know even by rampart directly right. when it's like you haven't even found harry yet and oh. like he's really not willing to let the the bad batch get one up on him you know mm-hmm. uh so that really wrestles with this soldier's idea and, and even i think the syndulas at the end are so clear that they're willing to become soldiers again to free their people. You know, uh, Cham specifically saying, I hope to have fought my last war, but our people need us now more than ever. You know, our fight for Ryloth is not over. So for the Syndulas, they're being a little bit example of Hunter too, of like, no, we didn't, I was desperate. Cham was desperate to not be a soldier and he's back. Yeah, again, go, uh, sliding into this full commitment, right? right? He knows at the end, and you get uh, Hauser and uh, Hunter and the Bad Batch a long way, but again, specifically Hunter, but Hauser, uh, Cham, from the last beginning of last week's episode, you already can kind of tell they're thinking this stuff. And this is where maybe if you're just watching the show and you're like, you're waiting for a twist, like you might quote unquote see this coming, right? But it's it's analyzing how you get there. I love that both Hauser, well, actually all of them, Hunter with Omega is an example too. But but Hauser and and Cham, for natural natural reasons, Hera's the driving point early on right like sure and that makes sense it's a daughter it's a it's a young uh young girl the daughter of, of someone you've, you've served alongside so it's easy to go all right i'm gonna save her we're gonna commit her but then to have both hauser and cham kind of they realize they have to go be beyond that not that saving hair is a bad thing you know i mean it doesn't stop there because you could we did our job even they kind of say to Hera when they first, all right cool we got you we're gonna take you off planet and she's like no you gotta go more you gotta commit more that is Hera wants that- to move forward that's such a great uh, thing to pull out that this contrast between Hauser in the Syndulla saying, yes, we have to uh, rescue Hera, but of course, then we also have to rescue Ryloth or for Hauser, we have to, mm-hmm. I have to try to rescue my squad. And that really puts into stark contrast. Hunter's like, uh, I rescue Omega. That's my thing. And right. sorry, everybody else. Bye. <laughs> yeah and and again it's not it's it's a win you get the win you save the girl great but <laughs> that's why i love that it's both Hera and omega would have just a it's not even naivete it's just they see the core they see the choice and you can't argue with what they're putting in front of you and and all every every time the two of them whether together individually are just saying that well that's not the end <laughs> how could you see it as the end Hera's, yeah here's part of the journey 
yeah, the enthusiasm and the the clarity of youth, right? Like mm. uh, there could be naive naivete, but even like with Ray, when like she comes to Luke and she doesn't quite understand everything in Last Jedi, right? She's got that yeah. kind of comic line of like uh, Kylo Ren is very strong in the dark side of the Force, so we need the Jedi to fight him. Like uh, there's definitely naivete, but there's also just like that clarity of youth of like a really bad thing is happening, so we should stop it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then older people are like caught up and like, yeah, but oh God, but this happens. And uh, and like, and both perspectives are valid. And that's what's so great, I think, about the generational conversation of Star Wars. But it all often leans towards that perspective of youth that's like, well, obviously we have to take action, is what wins out. It, it, the clear to you that's that's a that's a that's a great uh uh t-shirt uh, uh to learn from you know where it's just so simple again i think of it even as a creative as a kid it's like oh i want to do this all right i'll make a short film for two dollars on a home camera and i why because i want to make it and now now i could give you 50 reasons why i shouldn't you know kickstart a film or something you know right right because you've been knocked out knocked around by life and you know the risks and but that doesn't mean that you weren't right when you were young and just like, well, yeah, the other risks. So what? Yeah. I'll do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So clarity youth. I love that one. Yeah. That is great. Um, I think for me, there's also within this idea of being a good soldier, there's that just sort of this, uh, practical application of it, that there's so much about strategy in this episode, just literally as a word. And then the actual action, uh, that was such a big deal with, uh, the episode uh, a, a couple of weeks ago with uh, Omega's uh, skill at Dejeric and even that ending, which is, is a, a nice little moment in, in the end, but that Hunter wants Omega to beat him at Dejeric to prove that she can go on missions. We don't really know how it ended, but we know that there's this conversation between the two of them that Hunter's like, well, if you really want to be a, a part of the squad, you have to learn strategy. Uh, and he he offers this. I shouldn't kickstart <laughs> my. Here's why. Here's why we shouldn't kickstart a film. Omega viewpoint early in the episode where he says, <laughs> "Being strategic means knowing your limitations." Omega, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then Omega really picks up on that and you know tells Hera like, "Look, all we have to do is uh, we'll change Hunter's mind if we have a good strategy." And o- Omega pumps uh, Hera up by like, "You know your planet. You can come up with a strategy." And even when that strategy uh, hits a bump, Omega immediately comes up with the plan. Uh, to steal the Imperial ship. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's also just that that uh, story of strategy between Crosshair and the rest of the squad that Crosshair is able to predict their strategy. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of conversation also in the episode just about the strength and weakness of the Empire strategy, right? Yeah. That they are creating this lie in order to really quickly pacify Mm. the planet and they have a just kind of a classic star wars conversation right where hauser says a arresting peaceful citizens will incite an uprising and rampart says peace has a cost captain so even there there's that kind of big macro version of strategy but more importantly i'm I'm really interested in the hunter and omega relationship about it rampart reminded me of uh, krennic a lot in this episode uh, a, a character I love. I love Krennic for a lot of reasons, but also just kind of exposing kind of the uh, the uh, dark ambition of the Empire. Yeah, yeah, no, the 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 evil clarity of youth, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really love the strategy uh, idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what other uh, elements of uh, of of your thematic uh, idea did you want to discuss? The next book in the series, yeah, the Power of Belief, Joseph. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of uh, a lot of times in this episode where I uh, enjoyed watching characters either getting belief, meaning someone or, or a group of people are believing in them. Hera uh, kind of gets some belief 
uh, Cham, uh, Eleni, and Gobi get some belief when when everyone goes back to to save them. Right? They could have let them rot. Hauser goes back. Hauser I- expresses some belief in them and and a bigger cause and and them as 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 a people. And and that that will continue uh, to to move forward and light the spark of rebellion across the galaxy, not just on Ryloth. I love that. And and then Hauser, you mentioned already, uh, but Hauser's belief in his squad. I love that moment. I love that he wasn't like. Great. Can I join the Bad Batch? Which would have been, again, would have been fine. But that's not the end of the choice. His choice needed to stretch, needed to go beyond that. And I love that big quote. Brothers, what are we doing? We came here to free Ryloth from separatist control and we succeeded. But look around you. We're now being ordered to target the very people we swore to protect and I will be part of it no longer. Who will stand with me? And and by him just going, this is what I believe and I'll believe with you. Who wants to go with you? And, and it works for some. And, and, and that could continue to spark into something bigger later on. I, I just love the idea of when you get someone or, 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 or a group that believes in you, it can really spurn growth, change, uh, success, whatever that may uh, mean. Unless you're Krennic. I don't want anyone to believe in Krennic, but um, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I think that's a really great point that uh, that a lot of people are being uh, boosted up by by others. And yeah, that, that's a huge, huge deal uh, when people actually believe in you and allow you to have some more faith in your own abilities. And I think that's happening uh, mm-hmm. a lot with the, some of the coming of age stuff with uh, with Omega and with Hera uh, and yeah. that relationship as well. But yeah, that that clone moment uh, is huge. Uh, I want to touch on it a little bit when we talk about big Star Wars themes, but that, so, that I was surprised by that, and I love that moment. I love how much you're mm-hmm. highlighting it. Yeah, and, 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 and yeah, look at the hair. Even on a, on a small level, I mean, you wanted to be a pilot. You're, I believe in you. Let's go be a pilot. And then the takeoff, it's funny. I'll talk about that later. But And Hera gets uh, some belief. She already knows she's got the skills, but hey, knowing you got the skills is is a little different than people going, yeah, you do have them. And yeah, and also just else? like going out and doing it yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I, I think for me, in this uh, might uh, dovetail with uh, with the third uh, book in your series, <laughs> but th- this was so much about the the bond of family and what family mm-hmm. means, right? Uh, that right away at the beginning, family is the pressure point that Rampart thinks he's going to be able to use on the Sindulas, right? Of like threatening Hera. And there's that great line from Cham, like, you don't know Hera. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think it's meaningful that, that, you know, Crosshair is not an uh, automaton, right? Like he, he knows the Bad Batch and he reads situations well, because right at the beginning of the episode, you know, he's talking about like, well, somebody says to him, like, well, maybe Hera left the planet. And he's like, no, without her parents. Like he yeah. gets it right away that this is about family for them as much as it is about the whole planet. Uh, I love that Hera just expressly says that she just wants her parents to be safe. Uh, Echo, uh, who is the one who I think has the most clear uh, vision of what's going on with the uh, with the Empire, you yeah. know, says that Cham is a voice that the people stand behind that makes him a threat to the Empire. And Harris says, I don't care about any of that. I just want my parents back. Yeah. It's such a great place for her to grow from where, where family is everything to her, but also the larger definition of family uh, of the rebellion and of the galaxy. Uh, once we get to know the characters later, but it's so believable that she's just like, I just want to get my parents out of here. Yeah. And then that, that these moments of inspiration that you're talking about and Omega really boosting Hera comes so much from them bonding over this idea of family that, you know, Omega says, uh, well, Hunter's my brother. They're all my brothers. And that, that she really gets that uh, successful second 
twist of the knife on Hunter mm-hmm. and saying Hera is fighting for her family. And Omega says, I'd do the same for you. Yeah. <laughs> and gives him that just a million dollar glare mm-hmm. of, of, of familial uh, truth. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much of this is about uh, family. And, and I feel like that that last shot toward the end when Hunter and Crosshair are staring at where they know the other is, they can't see that, you know, one another at all. But it, it gets that picture that that this is still a story about family with this great fight between Crosshair and the Bad Batch. That it, it is, it, you know, Crosshair is not just, I think it's that he he's, you know, uh, feels his skills are being questioned by Rampart and, and other troopers and other clones. Uh, but he, he seems obsessed with his former brothers. Like, I yeah. I need to deal with this family rift by defeating them. I, so I just so many ideas of family. Yeah, I I was going to even ask you. I, I, this is slightly in, in a headcan and uh, category. When 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 they hand him the, uh, the the probe droid footage and he's like watching the uh, drone footage of uh, you know uh, on the iPad there, I, I almost sensed he felt um, lonely and left out. And and again, we don't know how much that you know that chip and how much is him, how much is the chip, all those bigger questions, plot plot we might get answered. But in that moment, I just was he was like. Man, I made a decision to leave them, and I kind of miss I kind of miss my brothers. <laughs> but I can't go back. I'm like Kylo Ren. I can't return to my mother. Uh, that's shameful. I can't do that, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I'm so, I'm so excited to get into Crosshair has been, you know, this fun and heartbreaking villain. And that voice is so great for scary villainy and his, his skills. Every time he's got his, you know, uh, his uh, blaster sniper rifle pointed somewhere. It's truly scary because he's such a great mm-hmm. shot. Uh, but it's all just kind of this heartbreaking. Are they going to get to this? Are they going to get to the point? Where, like, can they get the chip out? And will it make a difference? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, uh, that'd, be, <laughs> that'd be heartbreaking. The chip is out. Yeah, I still hate you. Yeah, I mean, I think that there is a possibility since so much of Star Wars storytelling in the Bad Batch has been about choosing your belief of like, yeah, maybe some of this uh, they made him do with the chip, but is this also a little bit of who he was? I, I got to tell you, I, at this point, I'm 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 slightly rooting for that for a little bit. Maybe the redemption <laughs> happens later. That's something. I, first of all, I love his design, and we always, you know, hey, Star Wars coolness goes a long way sometimes. But I just just something about Crosshair versus the boys that is is fun, and I you know it hasn't even really begun, so we'll see. But I almost don't want it to end. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, so d- d- I think we haven't talked about your your third book and the children shall lead. Uh, oh, the children shall lead. Yes. Uh, well, it just uh, it's funny. It, it it actually it's it's kind of weaved through all the other ones, right? But just uh, on a simple level, I, I talked about Omega, the clarity of youth that you brought up. I I, I I think that's a great way to to sum it up. But just Omega's that um, it's not even arguments. It, it's again, it's just that person going. This is what. Um, what you need to do, you know, uh, and, and you can't argue it not because she's a kid, but just like she she's she's right. She's attached to the core of what we're doing here, or the core of the decision we're about to make. And then Hera literally having a plan. You mentioned the strategy thing. It's great. But I, I just love the moment. And again, again, going to belief. But when they're like kind of like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great plan. We'll follow your lead. And the camera pushes in great direction. Uh, camera pushes on on Hera. A young rebel is born in that moment for me. And literally a child shall lead them. And, and this is General Sindula we're talking about here. And to see this is the first time 
a group of uh, big, tough, hardened, armor-wearing, and one not armor-wearing youngster, uh, looking at them going, all right, yeah, 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 okay, got good, good, you're good, we'll follow you. Wow, what a moment. What a moment about generational shifts and, and the importance of uh, putting belief and, and listening and hearing and, and, and fostering growth, all these things. Uh, so I just love the two sides of it. That's what kind of jumped out when I, when I say the child shall lead them. You got Omega going, yep, but that's what you're supposed to do, supposed to save people. And Hera going, and I know how. Well, let's do this because I know this family, I know this planet, I know this, I know this house, I know this building. Yeah, no, I'm totally there with you. I think this episode really had some very concrete, you know, coming of age generational themes, starting with uh, with uh, tech, <laughs> tech's opinion that children often overreact <laughs> is a, a funny line, but uh, not, not tech's most shining moment, right? Uh, I'm sure. Anyway, you know, uh, yeah. So the, and, and Hunter being like, uh Omega, let me explain the galaxy to you. It's real sad, but you can't rescue everybody. Like, so it really starts with this, like, we are hardened, you know, yeah. uh, adults. Uh, here's why you can't kickstart your, your film. Um, and then everything does, it, once Hunter gets all in and understands the family argument that uh, Omega is making and the soldier argument and the strategy argument, that he really goes all in, right? That mm. he sends i think it's really big that he sends hera and uh omega to back up chopper and like yes tech and Rekker are there in the ship but he i think it's even tech who says like on their own <laughs> and even uh hera and omega go really really <laughs> that they you know this is a big step where it's mm-hmm. just been a couple of weeks ago where hunter backtracks is like you're not even coming with us yeah to you're the one who fought for this you're the one who has the idea you're going to you're this mission is kind of yours omega or this this half of the mission is yours is really really putting uh faith in her yeah. and then i also like it with the sindulas uh that almost really kind of matches um again that great uh thematic table setting advice from uh from sue Quain mm-hmm. of they're gonna children are gonna get in trouble they accept that so you can help them when they're in trouble and I love that uh, Alina Sindula at the end is looking at uh, Omega and Hera talking and says, if a war is coming, it will be their fight as much as ours. It's like, mm-hmm. what great just acceptance that we can't keep them safe from everything. They have to go out into the world. This is a particularly difficult world. So let's help them. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I love that. Love that. It's, it's amazing how that episode two parenting lesson just has been driving a lot of the things in this show. Absolutely. It's a really great stuff. Good uh, parental advice, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a parent, though, so I might be wrong. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's talk about uh, how these uh, ideas reflect the larger story, perspective, morality of Star Wars. What do you have there? Well, yeah, and I think we kind of want to go to the same spot here. A lot of stuff with the Hauser, but uh, this line of uh, Eleni Sindula, uh, I see how you treat your allies, Admiral. I prefer to be your enemy. Talk about choices. That's a clear-cut choice, a clear-cut uh, just kind of uh, looking at the Empire and seeing the Empire as it is in the very early days. And that's something that is uh, an important lesson and reflects just the, the bigger choices that are constantly going to be made during this uh, 19-year period of Star Wars and even beyond. But just as they uh, lead up to uh, the things that we know in A New Hope and Rogue One and all those uh, all those stories. I, I, I love that line. It really jumped out to me. Yeah, it's just a great, really powerful line. Um, and I, I really like 
how much the show has been, <clears throat> excuse me, has been telling the story of the Empire, but I feel like this one really ratcheted it up uh, with this whole plot of Ramparts is just like a mini version of the Clone Wars, right? It is setting up a false problem in a false narrative to try to get the people to rally behind it. So just like Sidious set up this war that didn't have to be a war. It was, you know, legitimate political discussion that he uh, made into a war uh, mm. and, and used the fear of the other, the fear of these, you know, violent, awful separatists uh, to get the entire galaxy to fall in line. And Rampart is doing this like <laughs> fast, smaller version uh, of this where he's like, look, well, well, Cham, you all like Cham. He tried to kill Orn Frita. So I guess you all have to be in prison, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it's just mini Clone Wars. I love uh, that Rampart just, you know, he's diabolical. I get it. But he just continues to lie to Hauser. Not even a lie. He's just like, no, <laughs> this is this is the reality. And Hauser, Hauser's kind of like, well, but I was there. You know, I was there, right, bud? <laughs> like, you know, I was like, nope, this is what it is. And this is how deep this is going to go in the Empire and how much, I guess, unfortunately, we've committed to this choice. Yeah, it really is the authoritarian. You didn't see what you saw. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. are you yeah. questioning the Empire? I'm the Empire and I said it. So it's true. Yeah, yeah it's it's really great. Uh, it, it's nothing new to Star Wars, but it, I think it's it, it's potent <laughs> because it's so connected to characters we know and like and just uh, uh, a blatant lie that like we as the audience like we all saw it too <laughs> crosshair shot him on your orders you yeah. set it up again this is the organization that is also currently and will continue to be like jedi <laughs> nah they weren't they weren't they weren't real i mean if they were they were bad and that then a short amount of time there they become legend right you can see almost like it wasn't that people started believing just people's stop questioning because they couldn't <laughs> right yeah the jedi were liars and charlatans they didn't have any real powers and they just tried to take over you know they yeah. tried to take the galaxy from you you know yeah. <laughs> um the other huge thing for me is just that that moment with hauser works great for this story uh for that character for ryloth but it's such a huge moment to me of of star wars themes and canon and storytelling of the whole Clone Wars animated series. One of its main points is the clones are highly skilled. They uh, were created to fight this war, but they are individuals. The first broadcast episode of the Clone Wars is Yoda, you know, telling them you're all individuals in the force, you know? So this, this story of clones being proud, strong individuals has been such a part of it. And then we've, We've seen really viscerally uh, across many different bits of Star Wars storytelling, the horror of Order 66. We've even seen clones throughout this uh, show kind of just marching in lockstep, having lost their humanity, having lost their joy, using numbers instead of names. And then we see Hauser is somebody who, you know, whatever went on with his inhibitor chip, uh, it seems to have, you know, reconnected or never lost his humanity. Right. And there's just something so fist pumping about that speech of like, look, we can still live up to the ideals that we had. We're not just these tools of the empire. We are clones. You know, we are individuals and we make our own choices is really powerful, really rewarding after spending so many years with the Clone Wars where the clones are heroes. They're characters that we like. And it's just a, such a great picture of like, yeah, this is a 
this is why the clone program is not going to continue because if right. even half of those people mm-hmm. throw down their blasters and their riot shields, that's not going to be okay. We're going to need, you know, uh, people from every, every small planet. We're going to need people, uh, to, who agree to join the empire and just follow orders. Yeah. Uh, a, a, a cheaper committed alternative, I guess you could say. Exactly. So I, it was just thrilling. And I think like kind of big for star Wars, kind of huge. The, the actual, the, the whole concept of the moment or both. The, the, what the moment means that, that the clones, that at least half of the clones, you know, mm-hmm. in that particular scenario, were still the heroes that we knew them to be in the right. clone wars and such a big picture of like, yeah, just that great Star Wars theme of everybody matters. And like, yeah, they were they were bred to be fighters, but they are luminous beings. They are, you know, individuals who get choices. And how much you can just imagine Sidious getting a report of this and gnashing his teeth and going, they got to go. They got to go. Yeah, no, and I know. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Connecting it back to the Yoda moments uh, in, in early in Clone Wars is great because this is also a step towards an answer. Right. We want to know specifically why the clones were replaced. We know we know. Uh, we, we know how or, or we want to know how, but this is the, the why, uh, which is something you and I uh, always love around these parts. So uh, to see that, I, I'm totally there with you uh, on, on what it meant and what it could mean the rest of the galaxy. And I would love that call. I would love that uh, Palpatine sketch. <laughs> well, <laughs> and <laughs> how many threw down their riot shields? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and even if we don't like literally get the Palpatine call, I do think there's like actual practical ramifications because if this has been happening, other little pockets of, of clone independence, uh, then the, the, the desperate move that Lama Su is trying to do of like, look, no, no, we can make better clones, even better yeah, yeah. Uh, to try to stay in business is not going to work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, eyes turning to Camino uh, will be. Um, we, I think we're, that's one another thing we're expecting, but uh, not just to uh, wipe the uh, anyone from Camino away so that plausible deniability, I guess, for the rest of the galaxy. But just that, yeah, like exactly what you're saying of like you, you sold us some defective goods. Yep, yep, and you know, like we know that Camino is going to that the cloning program is going to be shut down, right? But we don't know all the yeah. details and the how, and and I'm really excited to see all that. Yeah, same. Any other uh, big picture thoughts? No, just some uh, detail, little details that we kind of already talked about in the themes. But I, you know, love love knowing where Hera's going, love knowing where Cham's going, and uh, their relationship aside, just what he's about to do and what he what he still needs to do on Ryloth, and just see. Uh, to see some of it kind of really take hold here and, and start here, is, it was was fun. Yeah, no, there's this there's a real sense of yep, they are set up to align with uh, everything. All the the glory and the tragedy that we know is to come is set up really really well here. Yeah, indeed. Uh, all right, unless there are any other uh, big moments you want to discuss, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back to discuss all of our favorite action moments, weird comedy moments, canon, all that great stuff in just a moment. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138.
And we are back to finish our discussion of Rescue on Ryloth. There were some fun action moments. Ken, what were your favorite action moments? Ooh, there was a lot of fluid action moments here. Again, every week we praise the animation, what they can do, a lot of quick cuts and reactions that just made the action really pop for me. So I'll start with one of my favorite things. It's, I'm calling it the, the tech turret spin. And Wrecker laughing as he fires from that turret as Tech does that little move with the shuttle spinning around uh, so that Wrecker can get a clear shot. Uh, video game moment. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, Wrecker, not a lot of, uh, ton, ton of record stuff in this episode. Uh, I don't think he needed it, but uh, I just love a good hearty laugh as he just fires away. <laughs> He's just so thrilled to do it. Uh, I literally uh, sat up uh, on, on my couch and got real excited because I love all the characters, but like Tech is my favorite. And this was fun to see this other side of Tech. We've seen he even in this episode, he was Wikipedia it up, right? He, mm-hmm. in, anybody's name was mentioned. He's like, Cham, here's what I know about him. Autocannons, here's what I know about them. <laughs> right. He was doing right. his Tech thing this whole episode, but it was so great to see him be like, but I am also like, a soldier soldier with skills and I don't, I don't, you know, just uh, pilot us well to have smooth rides. I got some moves and it was such a cool action move of just like of gunning it, then cutting the engine and doing the cool spin. And we haven't seen a, a moment like this. I feel like in, in a couple episodes where, uh, where a couple of the bad batch players like really know one another's skill set. And this felt mm-hmm. like tech and wrecker hand in hand doing some cool bad batch maneuvers. Yeah, 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 working really well together. It, it, it's the because uh, they're, they're in a way they're they're the two most opposite, right? <laughs> so they just they they they're uh, a double sided fist. Yeah, yeah. So that's great. Uh, probably probably my favorite moment as well. What are some other action moments for you? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed. Um, oh, ch- uh, Chopper's backstabbing electroshock, <laughs> and he had the two more on the on the troopers, but I love the one on the astromech first because he literally he's, he's so joyful. When he does it, and he, and, he, and he just shocks him right in the back, and you know, hey, what else? You need to get the job done. I get it. Uh, I just, uh, so I love, I love that. And the one later on is there's, there's just such glee in Chopper's violence, not unlike Wrecker, I guess. But uh, I just love, uh, I loved every moment there with him. No, I, this was so great that Murderbot Chopper was back. You know, we were wondering, like, is he a little younger? Is he a little calmer? No, says yeah. this episode, not at all. Yeah. Uh, I think my I think the the stun of the troopers because I just uh, I love how many bad things happen to troopers' legs in Star Wars, uh, mm-hmm. but that just that sudden <laughs> turn of shocking the troopers is funny. But the the uh, that was not even a shock to the astromech droid, right? That was a shock and a stab. It felt like it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was. <laughs> and then just let me shove your your uh, writhing uh, body uh, away from me. And, and look, you could say the astromech, maybe he's, uh, you know, or it's made some choices uh, in, 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 uh, in who it serves. But uh, Chopper, I don't think he cared either way. Just it was in front and just looked like uh, something I was uh, born to do, said Chopper. It was an obstacle and it needed to be removed and Chopper did it and then uh, couldn't actually do the mission that he needed to do. Poor Chopper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only other big action moment for me is uh, I really liked Hunter uh, seeing the probe droid. And then doing the cool stab with his uh, with his great little uh, vibro knife there. But I also just like the way it was edited that the rest of the Bad Batch isn't even on top of what's happening until whoom, <laughs> the probe droid falls and Hunter falls right beside it. That was just like a cool bit of, uh, of action. And I also like it that because Hunter's the leader and Hunter's, I think, you know, really carrying the moral weight in the decision making of the show yeah. that uh, sometimes the fact that like, you know, he has special skills, too, that he has these heightened senses 
uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the fast, quick mover who can spot things that other people can and can like stealthily take care of it before anybody even notices. We don't always get to see that. So I really enjoyed seeing that. Yeah, no, I enjoyed the moment. enjoyed the execution of it. I, I guess pun intended. No. Uh, and I love the, uh, just the shot of the knife and the probe droid, just pull it out. It was, uh, it was kind of a new visual in Star Wars when you usually probe droids shows you them just exploding. Right. <laughs> yeah. And this one's still trying to make all of its little uh, probe droid noises <laughs> and <laughs> sputtering. Is it the only probe droid uh, audio clip they have and they just know that that's all we really want to hear? <laughs> Maybe that's just the only thing that they say and then actual information <laughs> is like layered under that code. Yeah. <laughs> uh, scanner on the deck is what it always sounds like, right? Yes, that's what it always sounds like to me. It's, like, it's just some weird traveling Wilburys song, Scanner <laughs> on the Deck. Like, what? What? Maybe how'd Jimmy you, Buffett. How'd you write that song? Oh, we just heard a probe droid talking. Just scanner on the deck. Um, any other action moments for you? I enjoyed uh, two. One's not a really moment. It's a, it's an ode to the music. I enjoyed what I'm calling Crosshair's cracking soul music theme. <laughs> just like it's just it's kind of a horror vibe. It's a sci-fi vibe, but it's all uh, contemplating choices. <laughs> and there's this. It's especially strong right at the end there. Like I forgot how uh, when I watched it the first time, I was just sort of like concentrating, like, "Oh, is this this is going to be the end beat, right?" And then I when I rewatched it this morning, like we hold on his face for a while while the uh, the disturbing music plays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's like John Carpenter uh, composed it. it. It's a great vibe. Kind of a good great job there. I really love it. Yeah, it it really reminds me of one of my favorite music cues from Attack of the Clones. It's not as intense, but it's the uh, right after Shmi dies and Anakin is making the bad choice to kill all of the Tusken Raiders. Mm. And that music is just like suddenly inside his psyche where like everything is upside down. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great, great, great stuff. Uh, All right. Let's move on then to moments of comedy, whimsy, weirdness. What did you enjoy here? I, uh, it's a little bit of action, but I, I definitely put in comedy. It works for me in both. But but Hera, kind of that initial takeoff, knocking things over, getting a hang of it. As someone who struggled to learn to ride a bike in, in his younger days, uh, I, I can appreciate a few falls. But uh, getting the job done, I, I really thought that, that was uh, funny. Made me smile. Oh, yeah. no, That that moment uh, was like uh, me playing the, uh, the latest Star Wars flying game. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> just running into everything but i thought that was yeah great you know and especially like yeah we're, we're learning you know the, these are the origins of Hera, and to yep. see this super accomplished pilot uh take her first steps was really fun and cool absolutely um i, I think for me i really really he, he's been running in the background in a fun way um, and everybody likes gonky the gonk droid but i really found it charming the gonky is a defective unit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't be charged all the way. Like that's the whole. He's a walking battery, and he can't uh, be charged all the way. Is somebody who just got a new phone after uh, two years of the battery not working in mine, so it was not a mobile phone anymore. Uh, I, I really related to to Gonky, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love that shot where o- Omega says to him, he kind of hangs his his Gonk droid head. His I was gonna say his little Gonk droid head, his big Gonk droid head, his Gonk body <laughs> it, kind of sad and then omega says don't worry we're defective too what a great little moment i i yeah i noted that uh gonky's head hang it just uh we all we're all there we see you gonky we see yeah you. we see you gonky we're all defective units too yeah i cannot be charged fully lately i get it <laughs> that's what i'm feeling today so <laughs> we are all gonk uh uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, we are all gonky. So that was uh, my first one. Uh, what do you have? I uh, also wrote down a record just saying about Chopper. What's his problem? <laughs> yeah. 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 I debated not writing that down because like, Ken's got that. Ken's got that. Yeah. I know. Uh, I, well, it's fine. I, I trust that you are on tech and and I'll try to remain on record. <laughs> uh, that just, you know, good to get his record. Chopper's probably screaming the same thing, uh, but just uh, funny stuff. It, no, it's really great. I think um, Chopper has a lot of uh, beeping, booping, honking uh, going on this episode. And, and it, he seems a little bit more like the Chopper we know uh, from from Rebels because he is uh, acting out. Uh, but that was just so great of uh, of the the nice subtle comedy of uh, <laughs> of Wrecker of all people going, what's that guy yelling about? <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely great. Um uh, the, speaking of tech, my favorite line, uh, legitimately laughed out loud, is uh, when Harrow and Omega are talking about uh, how they're they're keeping ahead of the game in their flight mm-hmm. <laughs> in Texas. Uh, your dangerous and uncontrolled maneuvering is as confusing to them as it is to us, <laughs> <laughs> and it seems almost supportive. Uh, but he still needs to analyze <laughs> like if there's uh, uh the clarity of youth is one of our discussion themes today uh the, the the clarity of tech is one that's always present yes yes you're dangerous and uncontrolled maneuvering mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know he's not wrong right uh yeah. it, no. it's working no. that's why it's working this is confusing to them as it is to us absolutely love that yeah um and i only have one more uh i really liked uh chopper flying in behind the line of astromex <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah know. some good chopper flying yeah, Hera sells it is like he's gonna slip in, and then he's just like, bah! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, manages to pop in there. It's it's so sudden and so weird and so chopper. Love that uh, a final one for me. I I enjoy a a little help joke uh, anywhere. I don't care what film, movie, everything. So when Hunter just says a little help is to to distract for for record to get up there, I just I, I giggle at that every time. Oh yeah, no, that's great. That's great. I love it. Um. Excellent. So some good moments of comedy and whimsy and weirdness. Let's move on to canon. Uh, there, to me, there weren't as many big canon things. Uh, so I'll just run down a couple things uh, that popped out to me. Um, I, I did like that Hare's hologram did have a little bit of Leia synergy. It, it was not in any way being like, look, it's just like Leia's from A New Hope. But like yeah. the way she was kind of perched down uh, mm-hmm. recording via her droid. Had a little bit of Leia synergy. Did you did you feel that? Did you like that? No, no I'm glad you said it. I almost felt ashamed to to think that I thought that. I don't know why. Um, commit to your choices, Ken. Uh, you know, the she even kind of almost reaches up, like you know, pressing the droid. I got kind of off camera, like you kind of see that with uh, Leia, right? Putting the uh, the plans into R two or pressing the uh, record button on R two. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I like that. I, I thought it totally had the same vibe. Yeah, and I, I think for me it wasn't it wasn't the kind of negative nostalgia that that I think sometimes people are, are understandably upset about or gets you know parodied with the member berries. For me, it was just like it was a little bit of emotional canon of it relates to that idea that has that Leia's hologram has so come to symbolize of you know when people ask for help, you should help them is being a a Star Wars lesson, uh, and that that since that's so what's at stake. Where Hunter's like, we can't help every random hologram. <laughs> yeah. And Hera or uh, Omega pushing back on that it was was great. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I, perhaps the biggest. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. As I say, perhaps the biggest canon moment, uh, the the cause of 
uh, much teeth gnashing in the last week. Orn Frita is okay. <laughs> he will survive uh, to be a weasel and a coward in the book, uh, Lords the Sith. The direct quote from Rampart, Orn Frita's condition continues to improve and he will make a full recovery. How do you feel about that? Were you relieved? I was relieved. You know, the, the galaxy needs uh, Orn Frita up and about. Uh, and uh, again, I, I, I think I even saw Matt Martin tweet out of, uh, hey, a little lesson once again in patience. Uh, and, uh, you know, look, it's a fair question. We asked a question, but everyone skipped over the attempted assassination. Uh, but I also know a lot of people pointed out, to be clear. Uh, you know, just wait, see where these stories go. It's not the end till it's the end. Yeah. And I did see a couple of people tweeting, come on, he was shot in the head. But the whole thing was a setup, right? Uh, and for me, like, y we don't know how thick his head is and we don't know what setting Crosshair's blast was on. It was a setup, right? And it was meant to look visceral and, and horrible uh, to make Rampart's propaganda work. But, you know, if Rampart yeah. wants him alive, like Orn Frita seems like the kind of senator that the Empire does want, uh, somebody who is easily manipulated uh, by greed and fear. Yeah. <laughs> they, they they want to keep him around. Yeah, that, and then that's definitely the point, right? Yeah, he, he's no good to them dead. So who, who knows who's going to rise up, you know? Senator Gobi, yeah. you can't have that. No, yeah, Senator Yendor, you know, yeah. no, you don't want that. Uh, Numa's not old enough yet, but she'll get there. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, we got some great uh, probe droid content. Uh, that yes. great shot of them swarming over the crowd as well as the um, the actual fight with Hunter. Fight's a generous word. Yeah. How'd you feel about seeing the probe droids? I, I, I love it. I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm a... I'm a Star Wars fan, which means I think on some level I, I love probes and the probe droids. <laughs> That's always there. But I love specifically a probe droid, which I believe uh, I think Wrecker said or, or maybe Tech says the Empire or Echo. I don't know. It's one of them said the Empire will know we're here. And so similar to a uh, good bet, the Empire knows we're here. Like, is that kind of the natural in galaxy response anytime an Imperial probe droid, probe droid shows up? Like, damn it, the Empire will know we're here. Yeah. I mean, I really think so. And I, I love just seeing them that they are out and about not that you know there we haven't seen versions of them in the clone wars and of course the republic would have versions of them and we know that you know it's a, it's some sith technology going way back but like yeah. these are probe droids as as the we know them and like i love that that is like you know sidious uh rescues uh, uh vader's charred corpse puts him in a suit and said immediately like by the way <laughs> get moving on the probe droids uh i loved the visual of so many of them swarming over that crowd. It was mm -hmm. just like, it was a picture of that Imperial surveillance. It, it really was, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, big brother Palpatine is watching always. Oh, indeed. And he is, <laughs> he is, he's always there. He knows everything. Oh, um, mm -hmm. any other thoughts on the probe droids? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, we'll, we'll do the, uh, episode, uh, the 50 best probe droid moments in Star Wars. <laughs> uh, this one will rank high. Uh, I love the plasma bridge being discussed that they've shut off the yeah. plasma bridge again. You know, I, I really liked that episode of Clone Wars and it just made me sad. Like if, if only Mace Windu were still alive yeah. <laughs> to make uh dangerous plasma bridge crossings as, as it goes out. See, this was this was the moment they could have brought Mace back, just mangled <laughs> and damaged and scarred, and showed up and said, "I'm going to get that bridge back online." Yeah, he is the guardian of the plasma bridge. That's his new role. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we have dis we've discussed before. I know many people are would love to see Mace Windu uh, come back to life. I love Mace Windu. Love to see more stories. I, I am 
personally okay with his uh his very meaningful passing but you yeah. never know in star wars maybe he will be back to cross that plasma bridge again <laughs> uh another moment that i, I enjoyed is uh, there's a clone saying uh to that ship full of twi'leks uh have your chain codes out and ready for inspection. Right. So I love just the the chain code thing, which got established very clearly in the beginning of Bad Batch. Of that's one of the ways that the Empire really monitors people and their movements. Uh, but also just like what exactly is going on with this ship full of Twi'leks working the refinery? Like it yeah. that didn't seem like welcome to your new job. You know, like the way the Empire was trying to sell it of like this is going to be great for you. We're going to provide jobs. Like I didn't get the sense that those Twi'leks were getting like a great wage and reasonable breaks. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. They weren't looking forward to a sign up for the company softball team. Yeah. It did not look happy. <laughs> did not look happy. Yeah. So I really like just immediately episode to episode, you know, Rampart having Warren Frita and Cham tried to sell. They like, look, we're everything's great. The separatists are gone. We've got some industry coming in. Hurrah. You know? Yeah. Indeed. Uh, uh, then uh, the other thing for me, the uh, the auto cannons. That, that was just uh, fun to see something that I have blown up in video games so many times. Right, and it's yeah. always nice when your heroes are doing things that you've done before. And I like was it tech? Of course, it would be tech saying uh, they're they're kind of uh, vulnerable or whatever. It's like yeah, I've never seen them really work out in any of these. <laughs> you know, Captain yeah. Kennedy would agree. He's going for <laughs> auto turrets or cannons. Yes, that's why you should have scrambled fighters five bloody minutes ago. Yeah. Um, uh, just a couple more for me. Uh, I think it was, it was great just seeing Hera's uh, first flight, really, uh, and, and Hera fighting with and for family. It's so what her character is, right? Yeah. And, you know, there she's got younger people, you know, under her, her care in Rebels, right? Ezra in particular, but, you know, yeah. Sabine feels a little bit like, it, not that Sabine isn't an adult, but Hera definitely does have the older sister, mother vibe. And to see her... Uh, being young and embraced in the elders of her family of like yep you have to go out and do scary things really paints this picture of where Hera's going who that she wants to take care of her family but she also understands that they need to grow and take risks yep god i, I wrote i just Hera the pilot also the idea Hera saying you're lucky when she's talking to omega about her brothers and just her her longing for connection and, and she has some family connection we know that might get strained at one point because that's part of uh, some of the stuff going on in rebels but knowing that she'll just find that family she'll be on that ship and uh, she'll be uh, a mama bear indeed it, it, it's fun it was it's been very fun i did i would never have thought that i you know i, w- I wouldn't have turned uh, my back on on a hera origin episode or two but now that we got it I, i've enjoyed it more than i thought i would yeah yeah me too. And, and final thing for me, it's kind of relates to Hera, but also uh, tech. Uh, I really like Hera's line of tech. Show me how to scramble a ship's signature. Yes. It's definitely like, here are some just the basics of the trade in this era yeah. <laughs> of the Empire trying to, you know, monitor everything and control and mark everything so you can't move around freely. Uh, but it's also, for me, there was just a little bit of justice uh, for tech that, you know, he, he part of what his, his comedy is, is he, he can come off kind of uh, brusque because he's just all, all about facts and precision. And, you know, he starts out this episode with saying children often overreact. And yeah. <laughs> even his, uh, his compliment is you're dangerous and uncontrolled maneuvering. So it was nice to see him have that moment where he is relating to them and treating them as adults and going like, here's how I can relate to you. Let me show you how to do a cool thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's a new, yeah. I like that little journey. I, I didn't really even thought of it in those terms. That's great. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a huge thing, but it's just you know, kind of pulling some tech uh, head cannon out of uh, out of his journey in this episode. Right. <laughs> uh, so those are the things that I noticed for canon and lore connections. Did you have anything else? The only thing I, the final one for me is I, I wrote it down in all caps because I guess it's a book title. It was another Imperial officer's great day ruined by an attack. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought of Krennic a lot this episode of just him kind of uh, playing catch up, showing up to uh, to a scarif and then, you know, deploy the garrison. Just everyone, just, uh, Gordon kind of looking around like, what's going on? We're, we're all in retirement beach duty here. <laughs> I, I just love Rampart kind of like, we did this, my plan to, you know, frame uh, the, for the attempt assassination and it, everything's going good. And then a little alarm starts flashing and it's like, nope, your day is ruined. An attack is coming. Yeah, no, and he did seem... You know, it's easy to focus on Crosshair there, but he seemed extra pissed, right? There was some good dark delivery there. If he's like, you know, yeah, I guess I underestimated your friends. You know, think of what would it be like if they were fighting for us instead of against us. I really like that line, too, because it was really like, you know, Rampart's really got this perspective that, you know, he is high and mighty personally. And, and people should be obeying him and, and following his rules and his orders. You know, he's a he's a dark character. Totally, totally, and, and we haven't spent a ton of time with him. Even uh, he's he's part of the uh, the bads of uh, the, the villains of this season. But uh, it was the, in a weird way. It was nice to spend some quality time with Admiral Rampart as he uh, just jerks his way around uh, the jerk store. <laughs> he's jerking around the jerk store. Uh, well, as we transition into anything that we disliked or questioned, uh, I will bring this up. Uh, I'm enjoying Rampart, uh, but I think there there is a danger with both Imperial officers and uh, particularly in some of the uh, the books of First Order officers is how do you distinguish them, right? Mm-hmm. Because the story of the Empire in the First Order is that it attracts uh, domineering, rigid people who mm-hmm. think their way is the right way. So there is a risk of uh, the character's feeling similar to one another. Mm-hmm. Are you feeling like that you want more definition out of Rampart? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And, and I, I kind of celebrate, you know, the Imperial officers are always kind of this, this weird sub character group that I love in star Wars and, and, and but they're different and, they're, and, but they're also so similar. I just love the, the scramble for power. I mentioned Krennic a lot because his is the story of, uh, you know, middle management. <laughs> it's trying to climb to the top and, and the top just happens to be this organization, this government, uh, this ruling party oppressing the galaxy. So there's big stakes. And so, yeah, I guess I want a little bit more of, uh, of Rampart. Uh, but I also like what I'm getting, but it's a fair thing. The only, yeah, yeah you know, Ray Sloan has, stands out as a character. She's different in so many ways, uh, visually, aesthetics, the presentation, but also I think her drive and where she comes from. We know a lot about her, but I don't think we're meant to know a lot about Rampart at this point. We can maybe put it together, but uh, I wouldn't mind a little bit more with Rampart. Yeah, yeah. I don't say it as like a huge criticism. Yeah. Uh, it's just a, a, I would happily take more. Same thing as like it continue to feel about Echo. I would take just, he, his character has definitely uh, crystallized in that he is the one who truly sees the state of the galaxy mm-hmm. and, and keeps pushing for the these this burgeoning little rebellion that doesn't even have that name yet is right and the empire is a huge threat and we're we're silly to ignore it. It, it all of his statements keep kind of coming from that perspective um so we have that but like same thing with rampart i would just take a little bit more i i think 
Krennic is so powerful because it's a great performance, but he's great in the Catalyst book. And I, I totally agree. I think, uh, you know, that, that Catalyst scene where he's just upset because somebody has a better seat at the meeting than he does. Yeah. You really get the sense what makes him unique is a lot of characters like Rampart uh, in, you know, Piet and uh, Veers feel like they believe personally, strongly the philosophy of the Empire. Yep. And Krennic really feels like if the Republic hadn't fallen and the job he was doing is putting on a new Republic fair, he'd still be just as awful of a weasel about making it the best fair ever so he could be the most important. So it, it feels like that's what it's about for him. It's really personal. It's not philosophical. Mm, yeah, I like that. Yep. And with Rampart, it feels very philosophical. Like yeah. he believes in it and that he's like an architect of it, that he's like helping to shape it. Like, is he that maybe would be the interesting thing yep. for me to to clarify is like is he following imperial procedure or did he go way off the map by setting up a complex scheme to frame cham by shooting a senator is that like standard like sidious is putting out <laughs> pamphlets on like uh you know how to crush a planet's resistance yeah. you know yeah. shoot a senator like is he following the guidebook or is he going way off the map and being creative in terms of uh, doing awful things to put the boot down. I, I think that's the point of entry into his story. If you were to explore it, or maybe it's just up to our head can right now. I think there is a certain amount of pride and a certain amount of creativity that he thinks he has in this. And, and that would be the point. I think you're right. Uh, that, that'd be fascinating. Look what I did. Hey coach, look what I did. I, I attempted to frame the champ for attempted assassination. Isn't that cool? Uh, and, and why? Well, because I believe in what we're doing and I want to be part of the growth of the empire. Yeah. And, and maybe he will go down to be kind of important in canon as the architect of what will become the, the stormtrooper program. Right. Cause he's mm -hmm. the one who's like, clones are old, old news. Yeah. Uh, we can get these great recruits and they'll be led by individual clones for now. But you know, that that'll be interesting. I'm also interested to see, you know, if he survives <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for very long. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else that you uh, disliked or questioned in this episode? No, this is a, I, I really love our discussion today. I think it uh, uh, unveiled some, some depth of the episode that might not be immediately present, but it is also an episode that picks up right where we left off last week. It so, feels very similar last week and, and it does move everything forward, but I think we're ready for the action. Again, we we've talked about this a few times, so I don't want to just keep hammering this one but you know we got 16 episodes uh this is a little bit longer than what we're getting for these eight and six and ten episode uh, seasons for a lot of shows these days and i'm not you know bemoaning that i, I like uh, i like the shorter commitments sometimes but we are we are seeing a story play out a little differently and it's taking its time and i i really trust where they're going but you know i understand for some this episode might have just felt like uh lather rinse repeat from last week uh, yeah, and I mean, I, I understand that perspective. I think it can always be a challenging story when a part of the story you want to tell is why your protagonist is dragging their feet. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I think that is Hunter's journey and the rest of the Bad Batch as well, but it's really Hunter who's making the calls and everybody's letting him in. And this is a story about he is resistant to taking this small action mm -hmm. uh, until about halfway through the episode is, is when he finally commits. And I think this whole season has really been about him trying to decide what noun, what ideal is he going to fully commit to? And I think if you want to engage with that story, then it's really rich and powerful. But I think it, it does risk feeling just a, a lack of forward movement. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, which I didn't, I was not bothered by because I mm-hmm. really enjoyed everything that was going on that, that we've been talking about today. So yep. for me, that's not a criticism. It's just trying to understand uh, where other people might be coming from. Yeah, agreed. Well, uh, speaking of forward movement, let's talk about hopes for the uh, next immediate episode or the final of four episodes. I, I really, the Crosshair versus the boys is what I'm kind of calling it here. Uh, he's going to go out. He's got permission to go chase him. Get your unit. Get some ships. And, and I'd love some uh, fast-paced action. I love the slow moments. I love those conversations. We know we're going to get. Uh, I'd love uh, you know return to Sid. We're wondering where Sid might fall in some of these things, or maybe she is what she appears to be—just a, a coordinator of mercenaries who's trying to make money. She might be nothing more than that. I'm not saying she's suddenly going to be a rebel spy, but who knows where she falls in some of the things. So I wouldn't mind that. Again, I keep saying that, but but again, I just I'm excited. Crosshair is going to have that crackling soul music playing, and he's going to go uh, get his former friends. And let's uh, let's do that. Let's get to that point. Right. Music's to snipe by. Yes. by Crosshair. Yeah. Uh, I I I feel like you're dancing around the prediction that Sid is a Jedi. That she's got a lightsaber hidden. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Yes. No, I, I I love the Sid discussion because, yeah, she was a Jedi informer. Uh, mm-hmm. And how much does that mean? She is exactly who she says she is of a, a Trandoshan who's looking out for herself. And how much does she lean towards the, um, yeah, no, I, the, the Empire's bad and we, yeah. they're going to be bad for me, bad for business. Uh, and and it, how much of it is she coming from a philosophical or moral uh, point of view? Right. Or is this just who's willing to pay right now? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Great, great Sid questions. Yeah, I feel like as we're heading into these final episodes, uh, the a little bit of that Blues Brothers vibe that I've mentioned before is shaping up of like how many different people are after the Bad Batch and for what, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I feel like the big one is that Crosshair uh, is after them and the Bounty Hunters, right? The bigger call for Bounty Hunters. Mm. And I think for like the next immediate episode, I, I, I'm really hoping that they are chased actively by crosshair or they have that next big uh, bounty hunter encounter because those feels like the big challenges that they're going to have to to face of who's after them mm-hmm. um and if it is crosshair coming after them i'm really interested to see if this idea of family loyalty eats at hunter right because mm-hmm. um, it's been strung through the entire show but this is this this episode was really omega being like we fight for family, right? That's the one thing that you're willing to commit to. And you almost faltered and I pushed you on it and you took action. Is he still seeing crosshair as family? And is that going to be that choice of like, we, we can get crosshair in our sights and we can take him down, but we should try to get that chip out and we should try to save him. Mm, yeah. What a scene that might be. <laughs> yeah. Get the pliers. Hold them down. Yeah. Yeah, and it's something that that Hunter expressed early on yeah. about you know about can they help him? So I'm really really excited for that to um, that to play out. Uh, and then I'm I'm still hoping for Boba Fett. I still have faith uh, that they can tell a part of Boba Fett's story without uh, decentering or minimizing Omega in any way. Um, uh, I really I think the writers have done a great job on this show and I really have faith that that could happen. So a part of what he was wondering is if, if there's just a big bounty hunter call, maybe Boba Fett tries to answer it. Maybe Boba Fett shows up on Ord Mantell just wanting to collect the bounty on Omega. I'd love that. I would love that. I'm okay with that. The, the, your, your Blues Brothers ending is, is uh, more than intrigued. <laughs> I'm excited about this. We're on a mission from God. I, I, this is, this would be great. Yeah, I would love it. And then of course, Hondo watch remains. Mm-hmm. 
there's no way Hondo and Sid don't know each other, right? There's no way that it's absolutely possible that they could just come back. They're chomping Mantel mix and Hondo's there, right? In the bar. Uh, yeah. yeah. Hondo watch 2021 continues. I, I totally <laughs> agree with you on that. And, uh, uh, it'd be uh, it'd be fun to see Hondo. Uh, what what version of Hondo are, are we gonna get? What, what on the Hondo scale, pirate or uh, lovable uncle? Where does he fall? Yeah, yeah. How long are his uh, horn beard things? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is there anything that we have not talked about that you wanted to touch on? Uh, one particular music moment during uh, Hauser's arrest, I thought it, it got me kind of real good stuff there. I mean, you just uh, it, it come to expect it from Kevin, from Kevin Kiner every week that you can almost forget it. But I thought that one particular moment stood out for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I thought there were some great shots uh, that I really wanted to highlight. Um, it, it was just kind of a weird shot. It was like a very Star Wars shot, uh, but it was beautiful. I loved uh, Chopper jumping into the mouth of the stolen Imperial shuttle. And yes. just like it looked like a big mouth to just gobble them up. It's just like it's a ship and it's, you know, cool and everything, but it's still just kind of weird space fantasy. And I really felt that in that shot. And then the other shot I thought was just really beautiful of, uh, of Crosshair's realization that he's about to be played. And all those other Imperial shuttles taking off and Crosshair looking just really lonely in the light from his shuttle and being the only one that hasn't taken off in that huge landing platform. It's a really beautiful, really sad shot. Yeah. Yeah. Sad, sad, contemplating, soul cracking uh, music for Crosshair uh, and everything that happened to him. That's right. Let's get that soul cracking, Crosshair. Uh, final question is always is a fun one. If we could have a figure or toy from this episode, what would you want, Ken? Man, I got to tell you, I, we might have everything we, we we need from this, but I would love a little drone toy with a little like uh, a three and a three quarter inch uh, scale Hera where you could just try to fly and not crash. Call it the learning to fly Hera Syndulla drone kit. It's a long title, working title. I think that is absolutely great. Um, I did want to note that uh, now that we've met him, they they had released or, or put out the pre-orders for that uh, vintage collection of four-pack of Bad Batch with a bunch of different troopers, and Captain Hauser is in there. Uh, I believe he's labeled as Captain Ballast, and I don't, I didn't have time to dig up the backstory there, mm. uh, but there is a Captain Hauser action figure, and Captain Hauser's super likable, uh, so I'd be excited for that. Uh, I always like my cinema scenes, three action figures uh, that recreate a great, a memorable, important scene in Star Wars. I would love a three-pack cinema scene of uh, Chopper shocking the two troopers. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, yeah, that's good, too. Yeah, cinema, yeah. cinema yeah. shocking action. Shocking action. Yeah, yeah. The 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 droid the shock of the droid. Uh final thing for me is because I've needed them, I would like a portable uh phone charger uh shaped like gonky uh, mm. that does not hold a full charge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's I'm surprised it hasn't been done. Is there some yeah. thinking ginkin kind of website, uh, shoptheheroes.net, whatever? Someone's gotta sell that. Absolutely. Get on it, thinking geekin'. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, that is our big look at episode 12 of The Bad Batch, Rescue on Ryloth. Ken, do you want to let people know where they can find us? Absolutely. You can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. You can like our Facebook page at Force Center Podcast. You can get an audio book on us if you'd like by going to audibletrial.com slash Center. You can get some merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Center. We are found on a lot of different spots, but check us out on Amazon Music 
and Spotify, Apple Podcasts, among other places. Uh, and also you can support us directly by going to patreon.com slash Center, and you can find me at Catnapsuck or my website, catnapsuck.com. Information on comedy shows coming up will be in Seattle on July 24th at the El Corazon Theater, Historic Theater in downtown Seattle. Mark Ellis headlining me and Daniel Bridge Gad on the show as well. Uh, Joseph, what about you? Yeah, people should go check out that show. Uh, for me, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And for all my other comedy adventures, you can visit my website, josephscrimshaw.com. Uh, but for now, for myself, for Ken, for Gonky, this has been The Bad Batch Report. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 